Introducing the Champion, podcasting out of the red corner. This man is a mixed martial artist. He stands five feet eight inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, fighting out of cool down Connecticut, presenting the host of Cool Down with AC and the reigning, defending, podcasting, heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony AC Coppola! What's up? What's up? What's up? Wednesday night. I'm back, baby. Cool down with AC. Cool Truth. Cool Truth Podcast Productions. Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network. Check us out. Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you could listen to podcasts. You could find us also now on YouTube, uh, which you may hear a little bit of changes to the show because of YouTube because we've got to be careful about what we... Uh, what we do on here but we're gonna roll with it and we're gonna try to make it happen um and yeah i'm back we've been pumping out the content lately and we want to keep it going we want to keep the momentum going we had a uh a show you know a dynamite show tonight that's worthy of talking about there's things going on in the pro wrestling world that are worthy of talking about and uh you're gonna spend an hour here with uh daddy cool ac on cool down with ac and once again i thank you for listening the numbers have been great on Retromania, we're happy to uh, have a home there, and uh, I talked to Colby a little bit this week. Sounds like he's revving up. We got to do a show with him. Um, you know, we got to get White back on. We got to get White House back on. We had Edwards. You know, we we there's a lot. There's a lot that's going to happen. And uh, before we get into it, I just want to uh, put this out there again. You're going to hear it a lot. I'm going to throw it at you. Um, you know. Um, my boy Sean's a good friend of mine, and I want to put this out there, and I want it to be a successful event, and uh, I hope to see uh, 
some of your faces out there, some of the listeners out there, that'd be great. CT Horror Fest, September 18th at the Naugatuck Event Center, Naugatuck, Connecticut. Jake the Snake Roberts is one of the featured guests signing autographs, taking pictures. Uh, in the past, Mick Foley, Vinny Marcellia, you know, Vincent from uh, Ring of Honor. This is a horror show, but uh, you have a little bit of a wrestling flair. You have a little bit of a pop culture flair. Uh, there'll be lots of ven- vendors. Um, again, it's a horror show. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be super cool, super awesome. For more details, www.horrornewsnetwork.com slash CT Horror Fest. Be sure to check it out. And let's get into it. Cool down with AC. Um, before we get into Dynamite, um, I'm just going to attack the elephant in the room, this Max Caster stuff. Um, I, I, I just feel like I, I can't do a show and not mention it. Um, I'm going to play a clip of Tony Khan in a second here. Um, and it's basically going to play into my point about this. Listen, uh, you know, Caster has been, you know, walking the line for a while now, um, political things, um, you know, making comments, you know, Moxley's wife and things like that. Am I sitting here telling you I don't love it or like it? I, I would never tell you that. I think it's great. Um, you know, he attacked the Second Amendment uh, in Texas last week, which I'm, you know, listen, I don't care what your politics are. I'm sure you don't care what mine are. Um, things come out during the course of the show. I'm sure some of the things I believe are relatively obvious, but, you know, a guy attacking the Second Amendment is not after my heart. Let's just put it that way. But I get it. He's playing a character. It's a TV show. Can can we get back to this, please? Do I have to go back to killing He-Man? He's playing a character. He's a heel. He's a bad guy. He's supposed to say things that makes you angry, that make you uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. That's who he is. Did he cross a line? In my personal opinion, no, but I think in some other people's opinion, maybe yes. And clearly, he crossed the line in what AEW's opinion is because they wasted no time posting their their dark show and then pulling it down, editing it, and putting it back up. So clearly, he crossed the line that they, they didn't agree with it. And when you hear Tony Khan's comments on this, he clearly didn't agree with what Max Caster said. Now, I'm going to play it, and then I'm going to comment further on this because I think it pertains to a lot of things that go on with AEW and with this owner, leader, whatever you want to call him. Hang on a sec. Let's hear from Tony Khan. It's coming. Sorry, guys. And one of those teams that broke through teams and- uh, hang on. Sorry. Let's start from the beginning the here. Dark and one of those teams that broke through and really came and did a good job through Dark. One of those teams, and if I may, is the acclaimed. And uh, that's Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. And speaking of Dark, last night on Dark, Max Caster's rap was terrible. Uh, I was not out there in the moment when he 
All right, I'm going to pause it right there. He said, and if it's a little low, I apologize. Um, He said Max Caster's rap was terrible. And if I, let's go on from there. It was not during Dynamite. I was out back when Max had said this rap. I had not heard it until last night, truthfully. Uh, In the editing process, it's... Okay, here he goes again. I have not heard it until last night, truthfully. Now, mind you, this was six days ago. Let's move on. Should have been caught. We downloaded, or sorry, we deleted uh, the episode and reposted it with that edited out, but it shouldn't have aired. And uh, I- Okay, we reposted or re- re-edited the show and reposted it. It shouldn't have aired. Let's move on. I just want to be clear about what he's saying here. It put such tight controls on Dynamite. And this would never have happened there because Max's raps, I have always gone over them with him. And frankly, every segment on Dynamite, I don't script or write wrestlers promos, but uh, the, the bullet points I give. So, uh, okay. So I have strict controls on Dynamite. I don't ever script or write wrestlers promos, but I give bullet points. This would basically saying this would never happen if it aired on Dynamite. If this aired on TNT, um, I think that's bullshit. We're gonna get to it, but I think that's bullshit. Let's go on. In this case, um, it shouldn't have happened, and what will happen going forward is I will be taking over the editing of Dark and Elevation myself. I was already editing Dynamite and Rampage, and I do a lot, and now I will also be editing Dark and Elevation. So uh, I, you know. That, that it's unfortunate that it came to that. Okay, here we go. Uh, I, I'm editing. I'm editing Dynamite and Rampage. Okay, Rampage hasn't even aired yet. So what are you editing? I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot. This is what he's saying. Okay, dude, you're 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 the end all be all. You're the man, right? You're Tony Khan. You're Booker of the Year. This is the guy who went on with Meltzer, Booker of the Year. Was it Meltzer? I think it was Meltzer. It doesn't matter. The point being is. I'm not, you know, super involved. I did everything. I'm involved in everything. I'm Booker of the Year, blah, 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 blah. And he's trying to distance himself from this. Bullshit. It's bullshit. I don't believe it for a fucking second. Either, number one, he he doesn't he doesn't have any involvement in what Dark and El- Elevation post on YouTube, which is which is entirely believable. I'll, I'll, I'll take him at his word. But then he's gonna he, he you're gonna tell me that he lets Max Caster say whatever he wants on Dark and Elevation, but then when he says it on Dynamite or on a pay per view, he he doesn't script it, but he gets a bullet point. Has anybody listened to Max Caster? I've listened to every single one of those raps he comes out with. He posts them on his Instagram. They're all posted there. You can listen to all of them. They all not that they sound the same. But they all have the same kind of vibe, right? So you're telling me that somebody on Dynamite is editing or, or at least making sure what he says is appropriate. And now all of a sudden they're not on dark. Does, does anybody buy that? Because I don't buy that for a second. I don't buy it for a second. I think Max Caster has been saying whatever he wants for the entire time he's been there, which is totally fine because he's a heel. 
Um, AEW clears the problem with this. Maybe TNT reached out and was like, whoa, hold on. We can't have this. It's not on TNT, but we can't have this. And maybe maybe this is damage control, whatever you want to call it. But I'll, I'll be editing Dark from now on, and I'll be editing Elevation from now on. Ha, ha. Dude, give, give, give me a break. Give, give me a break. If you're that worried about it, you would have been doing it anyway. Is this is this not just a example of what we are dealing with with AEW when we say the inmates run the asylum? So if Tony Khan is not the one editing Dark, who is? If Tony Khan's not the one uh, editing or, or or having the final say on Dark Elevation, who is? He he's he's bringing up um, the second show there. What uh, shit? What <laughs> rampage? He's bringing up rampage like it's been on air for a year. You haven't even aired it yet, and the majority of the dynamites run live. Wait, so what are we talking about here? If you don't like what Mass Caxter said, that's fine. Everybody has a right to their opinion. You know, m- our boy Joe White did it. Did a great YouTube show on this today. Go uh, from pillar to post. Um, check it out on YouTube and listen to it. Listen, it's a little different take than I would have, and it's a little more aggressive than I had. Believe it or not, because I'm usually aggressive with these topics. But what Joe's saying is is actually factual. You know. I'm not a Cornette fan. Um, I don't disagree with him being fired. I, I, I just don't like the guy. And I, I think there's a lot of people out there that just don't like the guy. Um, listen, were his comments inappropriate? They were. Could you have gotten by it? Maybe. Uh, you know, he tied in Sammy Guevara and everything that happened there. And, and all the stuff that came out with the speak out you know, movement or whatever else. And you know you really should listen to it because I get I get where he's going with all this. It's almost a double standard where certain people could say certain things and other people can't. And you know I I think every situation is probably different, and it really is, especially when you're talking about you know some wrestlers who have did some really disgusting things. Um, and I don't want to put them in this category, and I don't want to put Max Caster in that category either. Do I think what Max Caster said was that terrible that he should be canceled, fired, not heard from again? Absolutely not. Um, do I think it can be taken in a way that's not beneficial to AEW when you're thinking of the climate we're in now? I do because you have to understand the climate you're in. And to be fair, um, you're misrepresent. You, I mean, AEW could probably be, be sued by the Duke lacrosse kids who were exonerated. Um, it's a long story. I don't want to get into the whole thing, and I'm sure there's feelings, may have feelings about it, and I don't want to take sides and everything else, but there are there were, there were young men who were exonerated in that whole deal, and by him referencing, referencing it in the way he did, could AEW have opened themselves up to a lawsuit? Possibly. Possibly. And maybe that's why Khan is reacting the way he's reacting. But the bottom line is, 
he should have been in he if he was not in charge of this he should have had somebody in charge of it that would know that hey we can't do this if that's the way they feel about it the excuse from the top guy that I'm Tony Khan I'm the I'm the man but I I know you're crushing me on Twitter right now but don't blame me I, I had nothing to do with it I mean come on I, you, you, listen <laughs> Nobody nobody t- takes that excuse. It's idiotic. It's childish. It's unprofessional. It's amateur. I mean, I, I, how many adjectives can I come up with? Problem. That's who Tony Khan is. And this is the guy that you're, we're all going to have to deal with going forward running this company. I'm sorry. It's, it's... <laughs> Uh, you know what? If I ever if I ever became a big personality in the pro wrestling world, and Tony Khan didn't want to talk to me for comments I made tonight or in the past or in the future, I honestly would be one hundred percent okay with that. Don't talk to me because we call it cool truth for a reason. Because I'm giving you my honest opinion about this stuff, and this is a microcosm of why. These things happen in AEW. And no matter what Tony Khan wants to tell you, ultimately it is his fault. It is his fault. I'm gonna oh now I'm gonna I'm gonna edit it myself. I'm gonna edit dark myself to make sure this never happens again. <laughs> Sell me another story, Tony. Sell me another story. I got a couple thoughts about CM Punk. I got a couple thoughts about um, where AEW's headed. But <laughs> let's talk about Dynamite. They called this show Homecoming. Now, it's kind of funny. I, I get they've been on the road and now they're back at Dailies. But they were on the road for like, what, a month, five weeks? And it, it almost felt like when they when they when when it opened and you saw Dailies like, oh, yeah, it's normal. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like they never left <laughs> In a way, you know what I mean? Like, and I mean, the way things are going, who knows? We might be watching a lot of dailies again soon because the only governor in the country that has the balls to leave this country free is, resides in Florida. Who would Who would have thought that the two biggest wrestling companies in the world, WWE, AEW, would be operating out of Florida with the only governor with the balls to actually fight for freedom? I, I mean, I, it's, I can't even believe that we're in this spot right now. Uh, having said that, um, I do think we'll at least get through the United Center show, um, on the 20th, the, uh, rampage where it seems like punk is going to make his debut. I think we'll get there now. Maybe I'm a glass half full thinking that, but I think we'll get there and then, you know, we can reevaluate how things are going from there. Um, but anyway, uh, we had dynamite tonight and I'm going to go through this. I'm going to go through th- some things quickly and other things I'm going to try to touch on. All right, listen, I'm going to go through this quickly only because I don't want to waste a lot of time crushing a couple legends here, but the Jericho Juventude Guerrero match, it kicks off the show. Um, the stipulation is Jericho has to win with a top rope move. This is the third, um, it's the third labor in the event to get to fighting MJF again. 
Um, obviously coming off the uh, death match with Nick Gage. Here's Jericho. Here's Hoovy. Tony Schiavone is bringing up Sturgis 98. And we are a long way away from Sturgis 98. Um, <laughs> I, I, the timing was off. Uh, the match was a very good uh, you know, I, I could spend a lot of time on it. I, it's just one of those things where I think realize where you are in life <laughs> and you could have made this a little bit better, especially Hoovy. But anyway, um, Jericho with the, uh, Judas effect off the top rope gets the pin. Uh, Wardlow hits the ring, beats down Jericho, beats down Hoovy. MJF comes out with the mic. Uh, obviously MJF, he's, uh, the fourth labor is now Wardlow, but there's a twist. The stipulation is that Salt of the Earth, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, is the ref. So that's interesting. Um, nice little twist. I like Jericho and Wardlow better than what we've gotten the last two weeks because I just think you're going to get something that's a little bit more believable. MJF being there. How does Jericho get through this labor? Uh, interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by this, although the Hoovy Jericho match was fucking terrible. Um, we go to the back. We have the Lucha Brothers, uh, no pack. They're talking about how, you know, the flights screwed up. We got Andrade El Idolo. Chavo Guerrero, the whole thing. They're trying to recruit the Lucha Brothers, and the Lucha Brothers basically say they don't work for anybody, long story short. And uh, we'll move on from there. Another segment would proceed later on. Um, commercial, and then we have the Dark Order. Uh, Hangman comes in. He's kind of blowing them off. He apologizes for them losing their uh, opportunity to get a tag team title shot. He said these are problems he created with his former brothers and they're problems he needs to fix. Uh, he considers them all friends and, and allies, but for now he has to be done and uh, do his own thing, which I think is great. Um, Uno steps up and basically says this is what he wants. Let's let him do it. And this will play out later in the show. Um, I like this. They should have done this a long time ago. I like where they're going with this. Everybody thinks Hangman's out of this thing. Everybody thinks Hangman's out of the pay-per-view, out of the main event. Um, and maybe he is. And maybe I'm overthinking everything. But as we go through the show, I'm going to get into it. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think there may be some actually swerve good wrestling booking going on here by the Elite, by Hangman, by Omega, by Callus, by... <sighs> by uh, Tony Khan, by maybe, you know, whoever uh, that may be happening here, but we'll get to it. Um, we then go into the trios match. Uh, Garcia with uh, 2.0, Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. I mean, this is another one where you have a thousand guys you could use, and then we get this Garcia 2.0 thing. But anyway, uh, it's uh, Moxley, Eddie, and Darby. Darby and Sting come out first. You get the wild thing entrance with. Mox and Eddie, and for some reason, I I don't know what it is. I'm not saying it's great. The Wild Thing entrance just seems better when it's both of them. I don't know what it is. When it's just Moxley, I'm like, eh, 
when it's him and Eddie, I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't really half bad. I don't know if the, the, the fan reaction was good again. Maybe, maybe it just so happens that the two times they got the best fan reaction are when he was with Eddie. But it just seems like they get a better reaction and it's better when he's with Eddie. But either way, um, that's what you get. You get the trios match. Obviously, Mox, Darby win the match. There's really not a lot, really not a lot to get into there. We have a backstage segment, backstage segment, segment with the elite, and they're 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 going with this basketball thing. They're spinning basketballs and shooting basketballs, and I heard they spent like fifty grand to get that fucking song last week or whatever else. And they're going on and on, and it's just this fucking goofy, super elite thing. I cannot stand. I got to be honest. I cannot stand it. But I gotta say, I'm just gonna be honest here because I tried. It, cool truth. I, I I hate to keep repeating that, but that's what the show is called that for a reason. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where they're annoying me so much that I actually think it's working. And I I know you got oh you fucking you've been killing the bucks and you've been killing. I actually think it's working. Like, I really do. After tonight's show, I actually think it's working. I see... I'm starting to see the vision. Um, They're getting into things that I wanted them to get into a long time ago. And it's so fucking annoying that I want to see them get their asses kicked. And isn't that really the point? I mean, call me crazy. Isn't that really the point? Um... Oh, I mean, we'll see. It it could go the other way. It's just like the more goofy they get, I feel like they're actually they're invested in this. I guess. I guess it, like the elite is invested in this, and I think Hangman's invested in his guy. And you know, there's the show tonight wasn't great, but some really good things happened. I think this was the start of some things that were really good. Now the <laughs> the one thing though. What time is it? I mean, I mean, it's <laughs> that's the Bulls thing. I love it. I hate that they're doing it because I hate them, but I hate them because their characters are making making me hate them in a sense. But it plays into the North Carolina, <laughs> so I can't really kill them too much for the game time. Who? <laughs> This is where I'm at with it. I almost feel like I hated it because I felt like they brought themselves so far away from what Bullet Club is or was that it's just too goofy and the pink shirts and the goofiness and the jokes and the da 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 da. And I almost feel like that was the fucking point. And maybe I'm finally, maybe I'm just finally catching on. Um, or maybe they're just doing a better job of selling it. Maybe that's it. And or maybe having Jay White come in as a Bullet Club guy, and you see that, and now you see this, and the contrast makes more sense. So maybe Impact actually Impact in New Japan might have helped AEW in this sense, where you got the contrast, so now you can see it. I could be wrong about this. I may I I, I reserve the right to change my opinion down the road. But right now I'm. I, I'm not going to say I'm digging it because I'm not because I can't fucking stand them. But I see the contrast and I'm like, all right. I, now, I'll say this. I'd rather have badass Bullet Club guys. 
I just want to make that clear. But if you invest in a character and you're really good at it, and now you're starting to make me see the contrast, I'm not going to, I'm kind of buying in now a little bit. Let's see where it goes, but I'm kind of buying in. All right. So here we go. Uh, like I said, oh, right, so we go into Christian and Blade in a match. I guess we're still doing this Hardy Christian thing. I guess Christian wins. Um, okay, right, let's move. I I I, I got to be honest. I I just don't care. I really don't care. Um, there's so much else going on in AEW that doesn't involve Christian Cage that it's nothing against him. I just don't care. Uh, we get an FT, we get an LAX FTR promo because it started with LAX. I thought the promo was going to be really sick when LAX was doing it. And then FTR kind of took over. I guess we're going to get a rematch. Okay. Uh, I think they need to do more with these guys. I really do. Um, you know, this little, you know, minute promo, I don't. I just don't think it's enough. Uh, but they they touched on it. We're moving on. We're still going to get them. So, okay, we'll live with it. Um, then we get Tony in the ring. Calls out uh, Britt Baker, women's champion, DMD. Uh, she starts cutting a promo. And then we get Red Velvet. And I actually put in my notes here... WTF for many reasons <laughs> uh, and I get this women's division needs work and I get they don't have a lot of great challengers for Britt Baker <sighs> but here we go again with Red Velvet and here's my problem and I'm going to bring it up right here Red Velvet says uh, or so Britt Baker says to her why Why should I give you a challenge? I beat your ass in three minutes laughing my ass off, blah, blah, blah. And she says, ha, 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 yeah, you beat me in three minutes. But I'm 22 and four, and I won my last seven matches. So that isn't me anymore, blah, blah, blah. And this is where the record sports-centric bullshit that they never follow anyway comes in. And they use these records to circumvent what really is going on here. And here's the bottom line. I don't care that her record is 22 and 4. You want to know why? Because the three biggest matches I watched her wrestle in that 22 and 4, she lost. <laughs> and in the other, I mean, the 22, I mean, who saw them? I get, I get Dark Evolution gets 330,000, give or take, a week, and that, you know, Dark gets 250,000 views a week. I'm not saying those are horrible numbers for an upstart wrestling company, but you know what? I, you know, me and White talked about the YouTube numbers when it comes to wrestling companies, and they're getting shellacked by WWE on YouTube. Shellacked. It's not even fucking close. They are closer to Impact than they by a lot than they are to WWE. Okay. So to use these records that most of these matches have on happen on dark and dark elevation, it just doesn't fucking work for me. And the and these, this is the reason why I deserve a title shot promos. How does she deserve a title shot over Jade Carhill? 
Whether you like Jade Carhill or not, and I know White House hates her, the fucking Lex Luger thing, I call her Flex Luger and everything else, and I went on this little thing about how I think she has some star power, and I really do, I, I mean, listen, I think she needs to to wrestle, obviously, and we need to get better in ring and all that other stuff, but I actually think you have someone with some charisma that could actually do something that has a look that uh, especially can sell as a heel, and I'm not I'm not advocating that you would put her in with Britt right now, but wouldn't logic dictate she deserves the title shot more than Red Velvet? I mean, <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I mean, I, if anything, wouldn't the logical thing to do here would be to go to Sheeta rematch? I I mean. Right, Sheeta could Sheeta could take the L again, but wouldn't it be to go to Sheeta rematch? Have a have a nice, really good women's match on the pay per view with her and Sheeta. I guarantee you that match is going to be better than the Britt Baker Red Velvet match on on uh, uh, Rampage. Maybe just because it's Rampage, all right. You know, they're giving Red Velvet a spot. I'm not trying to destroy her here, but I, I don't know. It just wasn't very good, and I, re- <laughs> I really like what Britt Baker's doing, and I, I just need it to be better because I don't want fans, myself, you guys, the listeners, the watchers, to sour on Britt Baker because she doesn't have anybody to do anything with her. <sighs> anyway, uh, another backstage segment, Andrade El Idolo. You got Chavo. They, uh, since uh, Lucha Brothers won't join them, he brings in Fago del Sol and um, tells him to shine Andrade's shoes. He refuses. They kick the shit out of him and, you know, basically say to the Lucha Brothers, do you really want to work for Pac or work for us? Uh, a little bit repetitive here. Uh, I mean, ultimately, this leads to... Uh, Andrade and Pac, which was I, I tremendous, I, I would think. Um, you know, maybe I don't know if Chavo is going to actually work here, but maybe you get a, a, a El Idolo and Chavo versus Lucha Brothers before you get Pac. Uh, uh, we'll see here. They they put these Lucha Brothers in these weird spots, man. They really do. Um, if you really want to go all the way with this uh, Triangle de la Morte, the uh, Death Triangle. If you really want to go all the way with it and you want to talk about this trio stuff, maybe you actually... I mean, I'm not advocating for a trio title, but... Uh, I mean, if you're going to keep it up with those three, I mean, what else makes sense? I, I don't know. Uh, interesting. Um, and this is this is where we, I, I think business starts to pick up. I think we get into the best segment, uh, my favorite part of the show. Um, there's a, little, a couple little things where I'm going to... Eh, but this is... Good storytelling, which we don't always get on Dynamite, which we don't always get from AEW, which we've been screaming for between Hangman and Elite. So <clears throat> they've touched on it, and now they're 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 all in on it here. Um, Hangman comes out with Tony, uh, starts before he could give the world out. Here comes the Elite. Um, you got Matt, you got Nick, you got Omega, you got the Good Brothers, you got. Uh, Nakazawa, and uh, you got um, 
uh, uh, Brandon Cutler. <clears throat> so they all come out. Um, so they're getting into this breakup angle, and, and Omega grabs a microphone, and he starts talking about, you know, we, we stayed up all night. We were thinking about you. We were thinking about uh, forgiving you for your sins. But we just decided that you don't fit the bill. Cowboy or not, we have no room for losers. And you're basically a loser. Um, At this point, um, Hangman smacks Omega in the face. The uh, elites are beating him up. And as you would expect, the Dark Order comes out, but gets stopped by Grayson and Uno. And you could see, maybe this is the beginning of the end of the Dark Order as well. Maybe if, if you're looking into storytelling here, and this is why I like this segment so much, there's levels here. They got into the Elite Friends breakup here. They're getting into the lone cowboy thing we've been screaming about for a long time. Kenny calling Hangman a loser, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. And then you have the Dark Order now at odds because Silver, Ten, and uh, some of the others wanted to help him. But Uno and Grayson stopped him. Interesting. I wonder. I wonder if they thought about this long enough to... Maybe get to the point where Uno and Grayson are the Dark Order and the other guys break off into their own, do their own thing. Which, when we talk about these Bray Wyatt rumors, this might be the time to do it and get rid of it so you could stop hearing about Bray Wyatt's going to lead the Dark Order, which is the dumbest idea ever. I'm, I'm sorry. I, if you're listening to this and that's what you really want to see, I, I'm not trying to insult you, but it's the dumbest idea, idea either, ever. It's not interesting, it's not creative, it's lazy nonsense is what it is, if that was what it is to be. And here's the, the other part about it. Anybody who's anybody that sees that guy that wants Wyndham Rotunda or wants The Fiend or wants Bray Wyatt, wants a badass, evil, you know, scary, you know, uh, psychological type guy. They don't want a goofy Cole Cabana, fucking John Silver, Joker. Nothing against those guys, especially John Silver, because I like him. But he's a goofy, you know, joking around. That's not what you want for Bray Wyatt or Wyndham Rotunda or whatever the hell he's going to call himself if and when he does sign with AEW. So I think this is a great time to break up the Dark Order, which is a side plot to what was going on here with the Elite. So as they stop him, here we go. We got Frankie Kazarian who jumps in. Uh, he gets his ass kicked by the Good Brothers outside the ring. Um, we get uh, we get a Magic Killer. We get a bunch of BTE triggers from the Young Bucks. Um, and then we get Kenny Omega smashing the belt over Hangman's head. And I think a lot of people are in the boat of... This is how they wrote Hangman off TV. I don't know. I don't know. I think they might be all in on this Hangman thing. I call me crazy. I could be a thousand percent wrong. If I'm talking to you next week or two weeks from now or with the other guys and they say, 
I I totally missed it. I'm okay with that. I took this as Hangman's still a major player in what's going on here. Does that mean he gets the title match at the pay-per-view and he's on the pay-per-view? I'm 50-50 right now. But I was like 10% going into the show. So I think this segment did something. I think this segment really did something. And then, <laughs> I hate this fucking song. It This being the elite song. And they played it after, and I thought it was brilliant. I'm not lying. You know why? Because it's so fucking obnoxious. It fits what they're doing. I don't know if it was Kenny. I don't know if it was the Bucks. They, I don't know. They've always been playing Kenny Omega's song when they come out. They play this BTE annoying being the elite song. The elite. The the elite. It's so obnoxious and annoying. It fucking fits what they're doing. I thought this segment was great. Um, I don't know that you needed the Kazarian run in. I think they're just holding on the straws there a little bit because I think they fucking blew their wad with that one a long time ago. I think this is the best they've done with the Dark Order and creating some dissent in the Dark Order here. You got Hangman out of the Dark Order here. And you got the Elite looking powerful but goofy at the same time. And now you're saying, where does Hangman go from here? I think... Finally, you're going to get a badass lone cowboy out of this. Hoping. Again, could be wrong. But I thought this segment was brilliant. Assuming it goes the way we're thinking here. Or the way I'm thinking here. And I, honestly, I think a lot of people watching probably enjoyed the segment. I'd be, I would be really surprised if people would say they didn't enjoy that segment. Because it was good. It was really good. Um... Then we get um, we get this uh, idea that Dan Lambert is, you know, pissed off at Murderhawk monster Lance Archer. And they, Dan Lambert's coming back next week and he's bringing friends. That's very, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I guess you're going to, you're talking about maybe Jorge Masvidal. Um, I don't know. Amanda Nunes. I don't know why. I I mean, I mean, I'm guessing he's going to make a guy. So I don't know if it's Noons, but Noons and Masvidal were with him last time. Uh, it's ATT. They have so many different people down there. Um, uh, Colby Covington is not there anymore, so I don't think it would be him. Um, I, my guess is Masvidal. Uh, I like Masvidal a lot. Uh, I would think it would be pretty cool. I mean, maybe I'm not thinking of somebody. It could be. Uh, may, you know, Lambert's going to bring, maybe he's going to bring multiple people and, uh, you know, we're going to get something here with the Murderhawk monster. Um, I don't mind a little tie into MMA for them. I really don't. I, I think it's smart. Um, I think with their, uh, the composition of the roster, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, Let's see. Let's see what they do with this. Uh, I, I don't want to pan it yet. I thought Lambert's promo last time was pretty good. Uh, he took he took bumps from Archer. So let's let's see what they do with that. Um, 
So, you know, let's see what happens. <laughs> Lee Johnson with Dustin versus Miro. I mean, talking about Dark, this is a fucking match that should be on Dark. I'm sorry. We haven't seen Miro wrestle in how many weeks, and this is what you give us. This is nothing against Lee Johnson. But again, here we go. You have a million guys on this fucking roster, and this is the mat. This is what you're gonna give us. And then I gotta look. I gotta watch Miro sell to Lee Johnson now too. Why is Miro selling to Lee Johnson? This should be a squash match, three minutes tops. But Miro wins. You get the end result is the end result. Uh, all right. I mean. Not really that big for me. Uh, in the commercial break here, and shout out to Sean for this because he brought it to my attention because I didn't notice it. You got the PBR commercial. Uh, you got Cardona. Um, you got Swaggle. You got Myers. And I guess it was filmed at Cardona's pool. So PBR coming in in the clutch here. And, you know, with Cardona doing the commercial, kind of trolling and Nick Gage, um, GCW psychopath wrestling crew there all right anyway uh we get christian uh in an interview and he's uh you know claiming he's elite and he's now apparently the number one contender so he can wrestle for miro's title or omega's title i mean rampage coming up you got a dynamite next week you got another big rampage uh, the following week the which is at the united center which is you know seems to be the punk the punk show i guess we'll call it sold out ignited united center that's a big show for AEW, one of their biggest um so you you'd expect to see punk there or else uh joe white might get his uh dream come true <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Christian being the number one contender on AEW right now with that roster is just very questionable. Can I can I say that? Um, we get an NWA title eliminator match <laughs> on Dynamite. I guess Serena Deeb was supposed to be in the match. She isn't because of injury or however they sold it. You get uh, Hardy Family with uh, with the bunny, and you get Layla Hirsch, who is about 4'2". Uh, and I thought for sure, and they're showing Camille in the in the stands, the uh, you know the NWH Women's Champion, and I thought for sure you're going to get the bunny here, and Layla Hirsch wins. And you you know the bunny and the the group's out of there, and Camille comes in the ring, and they're standing in the ring together. They're gonna have a title match, and I guess it's gonna take place on on NWA unless I miss something here. Um, Layla Hirsch is not even half her height. <laughs> I, I don't know whose idea this was. Nothing against Layla Hirsch, but. I mean, maybe I got to see the match. I don't want to pan it. It just looked very strange and just, I don't know. It, didn't, it just didn't work for me. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be honest here. It just didn't work for me. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Think this through, guys, please. At some point, can we think this through? All right, maybe you want David versus Goliath, I guess. Hasn't been done a thousand times. I don't know. 
There's so many talent. It's, I'm not trying to take opportunities away from people, but when you see so much talent not being utilized, and you know what I mean, I get all right. So we get into the main event of the uh, Dynamite show here. The you know, this is Cody versus Malachi Black, and I looked at the clock. And I'm like, there's 12 minutes left of this show. It was 9.48. And I thought that was very strange. Because this this show was booked as Cody versus Malachi Black. Right? This was the big match on the show. And we wasted so much time with all this other stuff. Two segments for, you know, El Idolo. Uh, a match in a segment for Christian Cage. A title eliminator for another company. Uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, two elite segments. Two hangman segments. And we get 12 minutes. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I'm watching the match. And really, not a lot really happened. Like... Early on, a uh, Black is working the knee. Cody's limping around. Cody goes through the table. Um, it started early on that they're trying to build it as the wrestler versus the striker. And the next thing you know, Black is doing wrestling moves. I got to be honest. I don't think this match was very good. I think it serves a purpose, as we'll get to it. But I don't think the match was very good. Uh, Cody goes through the table, you know, gets hit with the blackout or whatever they're calling it now. I mean, the leg slaps and there we go. Uh, and Cody takes the the L and then black leaves the ring and Cody's just there. And Tony's like, I better get to the ring. And here's where it actually got interesting. Now, mind you, there's still six minutes left in the show. The match was like five, six minutes. That's it. So he gets in the ring with Cody, and Cody starts talking about uh, they they threw a crutch in the ring for Cody to get up. The doctor throws a crutch in the ring. So let let me get this straight because you know I, we're suspending our. I, I guess I should suspend my disbelief, but I'm not going to do it here. Um, so there's just a random crutch outside the ring for the doctor to grab and throw in the ring because Cody's knee hurts. This is the fucking details that annoy the fuck out of me. Uh, But anyway, they throw the crutch in the ring. And of course, Cody doesn't use the crutch. He uses Tony's shoulder to get up. So why the fuck did he need the crutch? But anyway, he gets up. So uh, Cody starts talking. Starts talking about legacy is a funny thing. And as soon as he said that, I actually put in my notes here. I said... Is he talking about retirement? I'm like, that's interesting. Is is he talking about retirement? And um, I lost my note. Here we go. Um, I got the idea like, this is a shoot. This isn't a work. Now, it, it, it probably turns into that. But at the, at the time, I thought it was a shoot. So good for Cody. Um, he starts talking about Matt and Nick and Kenny and how we started this, 
uh, revolution and everybody laughed at us two years ago, three years ago. You start hearing AEW chants. He starts talking about uh, dailies as the AEW amphitheater. He starts talking about uh, setting goals when his daddy didn't get the title back in the day and, he, you know, the whole thing. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, this sounds like a fucking retirement speech. And he starts talking about having zero bitterness and he loves the fans. He loves them so much and he starts crying and he takes off the boot. And then here comes Malachi Black and picks up the fucking crutch and cracks Cody with it. They had to get, let's get a reason to get the crutch in the ring. Like, he couldn't have kicked him. He couldn't have hit him with something else. He couldn't have come in with a chair. You know what I mean? Like, we had to have a crutch in the ring that he never used for Malachi Black to hit him with. Now, I listen, um, full disclosure, I think we all knew that Cody was probably going away for a little bit, doing the TV show, the whole thing. And this is the way to write him off TV. I just thought it was brilliant in the sense that having a retirement speech, it kind of closes. You don't know when he'll be back. You don't know when he'll be back and in what capacity will he be back. And then, you know, could could he be retired? Now, maybe he could still do this. Could he be retired and could Tony Khan utilize, say, hey, listen, I know you can't wrestle for the title, but if you come back, I'm going to null and void that stipulate. You can now wrestle. I need you back. You can wrestle for the title. You know what I mean? Just just as a way to get that out of there. So let's see what happens with Cody. Um, I mean, obviously, when he comes back, you know, he has business to attend to here, obviously. Uh, I thought that I actually would. I, I'm going to be honest. I would have liked it better if Black didn't attack him again. And they went and they cut with Cody in the ring crying with his with his boots off. I, I got to be honest. I would have loved to have done it. I think they didn't do it because it's not a real retirement. And I don't think Cody wanted to go that far with it. But, I mean, it's fucking pro wrestling, right? Right? I mean, but I, 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 the spot was good. The spot was good. Uh, the spot was better than the match. And here, here's the problem with this dynamite. If you like wrestling, there were segments that were really good, but most of the matches sucked. And that, I mean, that's really my take on this dynamite, but we progressed in a lot of things here. So I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to give it a bad mark. I thought it was a decent show. Um, and I loved, like I said, I loved the hangman elite spot. I really liked the Cody, promo after the match and we'll go from there you know before we before we move you know before we close out the show here i, I want to just talk about the punk thing for a little bit like quickly i don't think you need to put punk in a title match right off the bat we talked about this with wait and I don't, I don't necessarily think you need to put him with Omega. I think there's a lot of things you could do here with Punk to bring him in and make it good. But I was really thinking about this watching this show today about Punk. And, I, and it's in contrast to what I said about Lesnar on the last show. I don't think Lesnar's a great fit for AEW because I don't think he'll put up with the nonsense. The difference when Punk is, 
He came from backyard wrestling, like the Young Bucks. He came from Ring of Honor, like so many of these guys. He may be come in as the elder statesman, but is he coming in as WWE punk? Or is he coming in as summer of punk? Is he coming in as backyard ring of honor guy? Where Where is he at mentally with pro wrestling right now? And personally, full disclosure, y'all know I'm not the biggest punk fan, but if you get ROH, backyard wrestling, ROH, punk, as opposed to bitter let me leave WWE wrestling guy. And I don't think he was bitter his whole career there, but to be fair, my point being is if you get a motivated ring of honor type punk along with a motivated ring of honor, I want to give you great pro wrestling Danielson. We might be in for some treats here. This is, I mean, the more you think about it, these are huge moves for AEW. You know, we always talked about Jericho giving them credibility, but the only problem is I watched that match at the beginning of the show. And it's nothing against Jericho. I think Jericho's done a, done a phenomenal job in AEW. Has everything been perfect? No. I, I mean, you could go to the Orange Cassidy stuff and raise some questions. But overall, has Chris Jericho not done a phenomenal job for AEW? He really has. But you're bringing in two guys who can do that phenomenal job as well and still fucking go. And go. I mean, I'm a, I know it's been eight years. I'm assuming Punk can still go. And we know Danielson could still go. And there's so many guys there that can go. And there's so many guys that they could pull things out of that maybe you never thought were there. Or we get shades of New Japan Kenny against Daniel Center Punk. I, 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 I still don't know that you'll ever get that 45 minutes to an hour that you need to get New Japan Kenny. But as a wrestling fan, how could you not be excited about this? You know, let's look at where these two companies are right now when you talk about WWE and AEW. You know, we can get on Tony Khan for the the caster fiasco this week, and you could get on him for Nick Gage last week and the domino shit and everything else. But if you're looking at who has the momentum right now with Punk and Danielson and Possibly Wyatt down the road. You know, and he, you know, there's rumors of Adam Cole's contract coming up here. And will he leave? It sounds like maybe Kyle O'Reilly's contract is up then too. You know, maybe Impact could use some of these guys. I brought that up to Hollywood earlier in the week. You know, would it would it be more beneficial for Adam Cole and for Impact for Adam Cole to sign with Impact? Probably would be, but his girlfriend is at AEW, and AEW's pretty much located in Florida, and he's located in Florida right now. And who's going to pay him more money? My guess is Tony Khan. But uh, we'll see if he becomes on the market. But the bottom line with the guys on the market and the guys they're bringing in, 
And here's the thing, you know, you hear a lot of things and I, you know, I have friends of mine, I love them to death and everybody has a right to their opinion. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of WWE guys there and they're supposed to be the WWE alternative. I hear this thing from multiple people all the time, which is very true when you, when you look at it at face value, but I look at it like this also. Are these guys the same as they were in, in, in WWE? Or are they getting, like, Moxley's not the same guy. You could be a fan or not a fan or, you know, kind of lukewarm on him like a lot of us are, but he's still not the same guy, right? You know, Jericho's played a different guy since he's left WWE, okay? He really has. Uh, Hager, same thing, and they've shot down. When people have tried to make them WWE guy, uh, Sean Spears, they shoot this shit down and and get it out of there and try to do something new. Uh, there's other guys, you know, maybe you know, I, you know, you can make a different case for Hardy. I I don't think the Hardy thing's great, but it's he's trying something different here. Uh, you know, I get the point that they're using WWE talent, and I think you know that's a fair criticism in the sense that you know you thought you were going to get something different but if 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 these guys are booked different and the matches are different and the story's different isn't that different uh that's the only place i kind of differ you know miro's very different than he was um you know uh he he's different in personality in a sense i know with the same finisher and everything else but he's still different in personality um you know you you could make correlations between guys and what they did there um, I, I don't think having more of those guys around is bad. But here's the other thing. It almost seems I get they're signing a lot of them. Black, Alitalo. And it just, Black and Alitalo could fucking go. I'm not the biggest Black fan because of the slaps and everything else, but who knows? Maybe it'll become great. And I think Alitalo is going to be huge for them. I, I, it's kind of a slow burn, which I'm okay with with him. Um, but then you have Danielson and, 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 and Punk. What's not to be excited about with AEW? You know, I crush Khan as much as anybody. I crush the show as much as anybody. But there's still things I like, and I got to be honest. I'm pretty fucking excited about AEW right now. I'm pretty excited about what Impact is doing right now. I'm pretty excited about New Japan to an extent right now. That's pretty fucking cool because I got to be honest. Other than Roman Reigns, everything WWE is doing sucks. That's just my opinion. You might think there's things that are good. That's fine. I think everything else sucks. I think bringing Goldberg back sucks. I think Goldberg sucks. Nothing against him. He's, he was white hot. I was fucking Goldberg Merck like everybody else back in the day. I don't think Goldberg sells for me now. I was looking at his arms. I'm like, did he lose weight? And you, you got to pump in the crowd noise? And then you're letting guys go left and right? What is WWE? That's a show for another day. But if you're standing here right now saying all things are being equal, and Cody said it tonight, we are competition. You know what? They might not be yet, but it's headed that way. It is headed that way. I'm sorry. I'm just being fair. More people are going to start watching AEW. It's just going to happen. They're built. They're ascending all of a sudden. And maybe a maybe WWE is going to keep that fan base and be okay. And and listen again, I brought it up before. AEW and Impact and everybody else gets destroyed on YouTube and views by WWE. And I think it's something they need to work on. I really do because it's huge. 
It's huge for the younger generation. They need to work on that. But at the same time, if you're just a pure pro wrestling fan and you see what's going on and you if you're going to get excited about anything in pro wrestling right now, what is it? It's what AEW is doing. Whether you like Tony Khan or not, I don't like him that much either. But the bottom line, just being fair, is this the excitement is there. They have big things ahead of them. They could screw it all up. We, I could be sitting here a year from now and telling you how they blew it all. Or I could be sitting here a year from now on a Monday night saying they're going head-to-head with WWE like we talked about Edwards and I the other night. Either or could happen or neither could happen. But the excitement factor is there. And they did some good storytelling tonight, so I want to give them credit for that. Now, again, you bring up the things that aren't great. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. I think they need to ride with this hangman thing. I think they need big uh, debuts for Punk and Danielson. And I think they need to find out who are going to be the guys that are going to be on TV weekly and who aren't. And I think they really need to figure that out. But until then, we have plenty to talk about because there's a lot of stuff swirling in the pro wrestling world, of course. But that's going to do it. We got an hour for you. Cool down with AC, Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network. Again, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can listen to your podcasts. And, of course, now on YouTube. So be sure to check that out as well. Cool Truth Podcast Productions. And we're going to throw, once again, as I have to pull up all the information, because if I don't, I'll fuck something up, because, you know, you guys, you guys know me. I can't even remember names. How can I remember all thing here? Um, so, again, shout out again to my boy Sean CT Horror Fest, September 18th at the Naugatuck Event Center, Naugatuck, Connecticut, Jake the Snake Roberts, signing autographs, taking pictures. Um, you have lots of vendors, some wrestling, some pop culture, lots and lots of horror. It's going to be fucking awesome, guys. Check it out. www.horrornewsnetwork.com slash CTHorrorFest. I'm Daddy Cool AC. Cool down with AC. I'll be back this weekend with Joe White, possibly others. We'll talk about some things. Until then, good night, everybody. <laughs>